I know that one day all of this trying to fit in and all of that it's not going to matter anymore because I'm I'm going to be an adult one day and I know that trying to fit in now isn't going to help me in my adult years and so if I find myself now if I try to figure out who I am now I won't have to deal with that This is Kid CEO, the show about kids who are swimming against the tide. From entrepreneurs to authors to philanthropists, Kid CEO is showing the world what kids can do. I'm Benjamin Wong, and on this episode, how 15-year-old Nyla Bethia overcame the teen issues of peer pressure to create rare breed cosmetics with the message that we shouldn't be fighting our differences and instead embrace them. Many of you are kids who probably know what I'm talking about, but for the adults out there, in today's day and age, there's something called peer pressure, and it's when basically there's something that you might not want to do, but some of your friends kind of persuade you into doing it. Sometimes it could be a good thing, but a lot of times it's not. For example, what if I want to go on a roller coaster, or actually, I don't want to go on a roller coaster, but I have all my friends who want to go on a roller coaster, and so maybe they don't even know it, but they're pressuring me into going on the roller coaster. Hopefully, that made sense. But peer pressure is still a big issue even today. Today's guest, Nala Bethia, was a perfect example of how peer pressure can affect someone. But instead of giving in to the peer pressure, Nyla embraced it and the rest of her differences. One of her differences is in terms of entrepreneurship. Since she was even 4 years old, she's always had a knack for not wanting to work a 9 to 5. So she's embodied that in running a lemonade stand, selling slime to some of her friends, or now with her rare breed cosmetics brand. For all my guys out there, I know. You don't wear makeup. I don't wear makeup. You don't really care about makeup. I don't really care about makeup. But here's the thing. Surprisingly, this isn't an episode about cosmetics at all. It's an episode about how a teenage girl kept stacking cup on cup on cup. And when a breeze came, a pure pressure which threatened to knock it all down persisted and came out better. So you won't want to miss this week. Because like I said, it's not about makeup. It's about the issues teenagers go through every single day and how one girl went through those issues and still was able to create her own successful company. So for a lot of wisdom, advice, and inspiration, stay tuned. I would describe my early childhood as a learning process and eventful because Everyone as a child, you don't know where you're going to end up in the future. And so it's all a learning process. Life is a learning process. And I learned at a young age what I wanted to be and who I wanted to who I wanted to be as my like who I wanted to inspire, what I wanted to do and my goals that I had. So I would call it eventful because I once I learned these things, I put my work and effort into solving these issues, into um making all of these things my reality. 
Definitely. Eventful is a great word for that. I think it's so important that kids who find their passion early on are always a lot more successful because they're building their entire life based on that. Now, we'll touch on the entrepreneurship in a second. Uh, in school, what kind of kid were you? Like the popular one, the more shy student? Believe it or not, I w- people would consider me as shy. I don't think I'm as shy now. The older I get, the more I come out of it. But uh, like in my middle school and elementary school, people would consider me as shy because I wouldn't always go up to talk to people. But if someone talked to me, I would talk to them. I just wouldn't initiate the conversation. But now I think as I've done more interviews and I've had my business, I think it's evo- I've evolved and I've become more social. So I would say that I was shy, but now I'm more outgoing so like when you were younger you were the kind of student that everyone knew who you are but you weren't like best friends with everyone yes and then with entrepreneurship and having as a job to have to go out there and talk to customers go to interviews you kind of came out of that shell would you consider yourself a good student I would. I try my hardest to do the best I can in school because school comes first. So if I don't have all of my grades and education together, I won't be able to do this and I'll be very devastated. So I try my hardest to get my schoolwork the best that it can be so that I can continue to inspire and do what I'm doing now. Do you consider school your number one job or do you consider Rare Breed Cosmetics your number one job? If it was up to me, I would say Rare Breed Cosmetics would be my number one job. But as a child, I think school has to come first because school is everyone. Every child has to go to school and our parents expect the best out of us from school. So I I would love to say Rare Breed is my number one job. I would absolutely love to. But as a child, I think I have to say school. Yeah, that's definitely understandable. Did, do you enjoy going to school? Um. To be honest, before quarantine, no, but now that school has been taken away and that social aspect of my life has been taken away, I think I am enjoying or learning to enjoy it even more. So you enjoyed like the social aspect, you know, hanging out with friends, but you didn't like the, you know, reading books, doing homework part of it. Well, it's not even that. I just didn't like waking up early. Oh, Yeah, that's definitely, uh, that makes sense. You know, waking up isn't a fun thing for most people. And I'm not a morning person. Yeah, definitely. So you first opened up a lemon stand at age four. Why did you decide to start there? I really do not remember that far back, but my parents would tell me that I've always been into entrepreneurship. And so with the lemonade stand, I think it was just my interest in being able to have my own thing that I could set up and people would come to me and get my products. And so I think that's where it started because I'm really, I really like the idea of someone using my stuff, someone, my products being around the world. So I think that's where it came from. So the lemonade, you know, you enjoyed seeing someone holding a cup of that lemonade in their hand. And that makes sense as we'll continue on when she starts up her rare breed cosmetics. As time progressed, you slowly upped the game, I guess. You know, you went from lemonade to selling slime or bracelets 
or selling some of your snacks at lunch. Did that decision to keep going with the entrepreneurship come from yourself or was there someone else kind of there helping push you along? I really think it honestly came from myself, just the passion that I had for entrepreneurship. And at the time, I didn't even know it was entrepreneurship, but I enjoyed these things. And I was like, well, if I enjoy it, I know other people would. So why don't I make a business out of it? And so I didn't have a website at the time. I didn't have any I didn't have any platforms to put it on, but I would go to kids at school and I'd be like, hey, I make slime. Do you want one? And I'll say, these are my prices. And so on my phone, I would write down their name, what they ordered and the price. And I would go home and make it and bring it back the next day. So that's how it started with the slime. With the lunchbox, my parents actually did not know I was selling stuff out of my lunchbox. So that was from me. Um, They would pack my lunch and I would sell it. And, you know, you'd go home, they'd be like, wow, Nyla, you ate all your food. Well, eventually I told them, but they didn't give me the idea. It all came from me. What was their reaction when you told them? Um, I think they weren't surprised knowing that I've always sold stuff. So I don't think they were surprised. I think they were, I think they thought it was more funny than anything. So, you know, all your life you've been interested in entrepreneurship. Do you remember how you got interested? I actually do not, but I've grown up around entrepreneurs. Uh, I have many entrepreneurs in my family, so it may have been the exposure that I got at a young age that got me interested in it, but no one really forced it on me. I think I just, I, I love the idea of entrepreneurship, especially a kid entrepreneur. And so finding my passion for it just caused me to want to do it more, which is why I got into entrepreneurship. Were your parents entrepreneurs? Yes, they are. But at the time, they weren't. But my grandparents are entrepreneurs. I have cousins that are entrepreneurs. So I just grew up around entrepreneurs. What would you say is out of all your family members who are entrepreneurs, uh, what's one company that they founded? that you know, is the biggest? Um, it would have to be my grandparents because they actually opened up their own church. And so they're pastors of a church. Yes, so um, I think that would be the biggest thing because having a church is a really big deal. So I think that would be one. All right, so you got interested in entrepreneurship because it kind of ran in the family and you grew up with parents and grandparents who worked for themselves. And I would assume that had a big influence on you, right? Yes. At this point of time, when you're pretty young, did you have your mindset on being an entrepreneur one day? I did not then, but I do now. From a young age, even before I had my business, I've told myself that I'm never working for anyone. And so once I started my business, I think that mindset just continually progressed because I'm putting in the work so that I don't have to work for someone. I'm putting in the work so that I can help other kids know that there's more jobs than just working at working at an office. There's more jobs than just doing the regular nine to five. So I'm putting in the work so that I can continue to inspire, but not only am I inspiring, I'm making a legacy for myself. I love that. Like, that's amazing, that kind of mindset. Uh, I think it was Elon Musk who said that I'd rather work 80 hours a week and then have the rest of my life free 
than having to work, you know, 40 hours a week for the rest of my life. But Nyla, I love that mindset. So at this point of time, you're becoming a teenager, having to deal with the issues of peer pressure, high school, and more of the sort. How did some of those problems affect you personally? Personally, I think I dealt with it a lot, and I still think it is something that I'm continually learning from and learning how to not let it affect me. But like I've said, I've always been different. Like my interests weren't the same as most kids my age. I didn't really want to do some of the things that they did. And so that caused me not to have the same social life that they did. And with that, I think it bothered me a little bit because I would wonder, well, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? But I realized that I am different. And that's where the concept of rare breed came from because if I was going through this, I know that thousands of other girls are going through it. So I want them to know that it's that you are rare. It's okay for you to be different. You are born to be different. And so that's where the concept of rare breed came from. And with me learning how to deal with it, I want to help others learn how to do it. So when you started in your early childhood, you know, everything was kind of, you know, fun and games, selling lemonade on the street, selling slime. Life was good. But when you hit those teenage years, that's when you know, the pressures of real life kind of came in. How does some of those issues affect your entrepreneurship? Real life did hit when I became when I became a teenager. And not necessarily all bad things, but when you're a teenager, you're dealing with different emotions and things. So you're trying to figure out yourself. You're trying to figure out life. So I think it's going to happen for everyone. And I think it hit my entrepreneurship because... I was trying to, I'm doing so many things. I'm balancing school. I do sports. I'm doing, I'm trying to balance all of these things. And I didn't really have the, I guess, capacity to balance it all. And I would get, I get really stressed. And so I'll, I'll get stressed. And I think that's something that hit my entrepreneurship because with I'm online schools, 10 times harder than regular school. So I'm trying to balance that. I'm trying to balance the business. And with that, I think that I don't have enough time to put in the work that I want to. But I'm I'm learning balance. I'm learning how to deal with school. I'm learning how to deal with the social life. I'm learning how to deal with my business. So it's all just continual effort to learn and to grow from your learning. So it's kind of like stacking cups. So you have one cup is your entrepreneurship. One cup is a sport. One cup is another activity. So over time, you're adding on cups. But when you become a teenager, there's a gust of wind that kind of comes over and kind of knocks it down a bit. Was there a low point where you kind of hit like rock bottom in dealing with all these things at once? feel like I'm kind of at it now. Um, I think being in the house all day and not being able to socialize with people in real life and just through a computer, I think that has affected me because I miss the social aspect of life. And so I get, I tend to stress, like I said, I stress. And so I'm balancing school, I'm balancing my business, I'm balancing this, I'm trying to figure out when I can see my friends. And so I feel like that is, what made me hit rock bottom but I hit rock bottom now I have to figure out how to get back up to the top because I'm not going to stay there but I have to figure out how I'm going to get back up all right so 
you know, rare breed cosmetics came at those teenage years. And it kind of came as another cup that was stacked on top. Where did the idea for a cosmetics company come into your mind? I, this is actually a funny story. We had, we just finished taking the FSA. That's the test that determines whether you pass to go to the next grade. And so we were in the cafeteria and my friend at the time, um, I guess she was on Instagram or something. And the idea, she was just talking. And as she was talking, I just saw like lip gloss. I saw like I was imagining, I was imagining these things and I saw lip gloss. And so I texted my mom and I was like, oh my gosh, I just got this idea. And so she was like, I love it. And so a couple of months went past. We didn't really focus on the idea. And one day the name Rare Breed Cosmetics came to her. And that's when we got really serious about it because we knew that this was. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. All right. And how many years ago was that original spark? It, it hasn't even been a year yet. So, you know, you have this idea for a makeup brand. Were you always kind of that girl who was interested in makeup, you know, nail polish, all that kind of stuff? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say makeup as in like eyelashes and stuff, but as in nail polish, lip gloss, and girly girl things like that, yes, I have always been into that. I love getting my nails done. I love wearing lip gloss, so I have always been into that. There's a million potential business ideas out there, so why cosmetics? I think it matches my mission. Not only am I trying to help girls know that they are rare and they were born to stand out, but with the lip gloss, when you put it on, your confidence becomes 10 times more. So lip gloss confidence, and when you're confident, you know that you were born to stand out, so nobody can tell you anything different. Definitely. I mean, I haven't experienced that. Um, I don't wear too much makeup, but I definitely get what, what you're saying. Would you consider cosmetics a big, major passion of yours? Yes, I do, because if it wasn't, I would not sit and research 24-7 different things, because literally that, my whole life consists around rare breeds, so when I get out of school, I'm researching. When When I'm on Instagram, I'm looking at other big cosmetic companies. What can I do to learn from them? What are they doing that got them to where they are? So I do think it is a big passion. What are some other big passions of yours? Um, I'm still learning that. I think I liked I like to run track. I did gymnastics and cheerleading for almost 10 years. Um, I like to hang out with my friends. I like to hang out with my family. So those are some things that I'm passionate about. After the idea for a cosmetic company came into your mind, uh, like you said, you didn't work on it for a while. Um, why? Um, we already had a very busy life and I was in the eighth grade about to graduate and go to the ninth grade. And so I was just trying to focus on school. And once I had the idea, I guess we really just forgot about it until my mom had the name come to her. And after that, we got very serious about it. I definitely understand what you're saying and can relate to you a lot, too. I started this podcast in... October, I did like five episodes and then I just didn't touch it for a couple months until March. So I definitely understand 
what you're saying. So the idea for rare breed cosmetics was around the mission that everyone is different, but they should embrace their differences. So in what ways were you different than others? I would say my interests are very different from most kids my age because I'm interested in what they're in, but at the same time, I feel like our generation, they will subside who they are in a, in order for them to fit in. And so I have the same interests as them. I like the same things that they're doing, but I'm not going to put my self-worth on the edge to try to fit in. So that's something that's different for me because if I know that one day all of this trying to fit in and all of that it's not going to matter anymore because I'm I'm going to be an adult one day and I know that trying to fit in now isn't going to help me in my adult years and so if I find myself now if I try to figure out who I am now I won't have to deal with that um, later on so I think that's what my differences are because I'm trying to figure out who I am and what I like and what what's special about me now instead of trying to conform who I am. And that's what I feel like most of our generation does. And that's why I, my mission is to help other girls know that they don't have to do that. That's definitely a big thing in today's society about fitting in. I think it was a couple of days ago, I was surfing Instagram and I, f- I found something uh, about a motivational speaker who was saying the first step to Becoming a successful entrepreneur is stopping to care so much about what others think. And I think that's a big deal in today's society. Now you see your your differences as a positive, but was there a time when you didn't see it the same way? Yes, there is a time where I did not see it the same way because because of my differences, I had a hard time really keeping friends and making friends. Like I said, I'm not going to conform who I am. And so it was very hard for me to keep friends and find friends that were like me because people don't want to hang out with someone who's not going to um, fall under peer pressure, do what everyone else is doing. And so I think with me standing up for myself, I think that was something that caused me not to be able to keep and have friends. So that was a time where it was very hard for me. How did all of your differences kind of change when you were creating Rare Breed Cosmetic? How did it influence the cosmetics brand? I don't think it really influenced the cosmetics, but I think it influenced my mission behind the cosmetics. And so with that, um, I know that I I want girls to know that they are different. And so with me learning that I'm different, I want to help other girls learn that they're different. And so that's how it kind of influenced the mission behind it and the name. So now you have your first cosmetics brand. Um, as like a official business, what was, you know, the very first mission statement? The very first mission statement was Rare Breed Cosmetics stands for the girl who chooses to stay true to herself even when her peers are doing what's popular. That was the very first mission statement. And our slogan is, it started out with this and it still is this. It's be different, stand out because you're born to be different. And so you're going to stand out. I love that. Your brand is so, you know, encompassing of such core values that people are missing out 
in today's world. The name of the cosmetics brand at this time wasn't Rare Breed. It was just kind of Untitled or Nyla's Cosmetics or whatever. How did you get the name Rare Breed Cosmetics? I actually did not come up with it. One day, my mom, she said she was praying and God gave her the name Rare Breed Cosmetics. And so once she told me about it, I fell in love with it. And I thought it totally matched me. So that's where the name came from. Yeah. And throughout this interview, we've talked a lot about how, you know, differences are a positive, not a negative, not negative. So I think it's amazing that how encompassing that name is. In what ways does Rare Breed differ from other cosmetics brands? Um, I think our mission behind the cosmetic brand is one way that it dip- it differs from others. And also the fact that I am 15, <laughs> that's one way that it differs from others. And we try our hardest to have completely vegan, plant-based products so that it, because now in our world, people are more concerned about what they're putting into their body and what they're eating and more people are becoming vegan. So if you want to put healthy stuff inside of your body, what you put on your body, such as makeup products should be healthy too. And so we're trying to focus on plant-based, vegan and stuff like that. When you went to create the company, the products, what was the number one thing that you had to keep in mind? I think it was making sure that my products and the names of my products and everything that I sold matched with the mission of my brand. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Let's get into the actual product itself. How did you come up with the first line of cosmetics? I think but the first line of cosmetics, I went off of colors that I liked and colors that I thought other people would like because I didn't really have an influence at the time because I was just starting. So I had to go off based of I had to go based off what my family liked and what I thought was cute. But now that I have more of an influence, I'm able to ask others what they want and what they suggest that I bring out. That makes sense. What was the very first product that you created? It was actually a pink lip gloss, and it was called Shine On. How did you learn to create your own lip gloss? We started the research back in 2018, and on December 1st is when we launched. December 1st, 2019 is when we launched. So a year's worth of research is how it happened. Did you find like YouTube videos about how to make it? Did you buy books about it? I didn't really buy books, but I went on the internet. I would go on YouTube. I would find um, healthy, not healthy, but like vegan lip gloss recipes and stuff like that. So I would try to find the best recipes that would work for me. Now you have that pink lip gloss. You just made it in your kitchen, right? It started off in my kitchen, and now I think it has gotten too big to do in my kitchen. So we had to move it to an area in my room, and I think it's getting too big to be in my room now, too. (laughs) And so I don't know what's going to happen next. Do your parents or family sometimes walk into your room and see, like, glitter? Or, like, do they walk in and they're like, wow. Yes, I think it was worse when it was in the kitchen because the kitchen is obviously bigger than my room. So it would be like glitter on the counter and stuff. But this was, 
this was when I was first trying to figure out how to make the lip gloss. So I think it was worse then because I was trying to figure out what worked and what didn't work. But now that I have it down, I don't think it's as bad. Was there ever a moment where you were all just sitting in the on your dining table eating dinner and you see like glitter inside your food? It wasn't inside of my food, but there were like glitter and lip gloss stains on the dining room table. <laughs> it wasn't in our food, but there there were definitely lip gloss stains on the table. We'll be right back, but when we head back, we will be continuing Nyla's story, including some funny stories about the creation of her first couple products. I'm Benjamin Long, and you've been listening to Kid CEO. Hey, it's Ben here. If you like what we're doing here on the Kid CEO podcast, if you get entertained or inspired by some of these amazing stories, or if you think of me as a friend, which I hope you do, because even though there are so many of you listening right now, I am talking to you personally. Me, Talia, and the rest of the Kid CEO team are here for you every week with a new episode, but we need you to be there for us too. If you use Apple Podcasts, just scroll down and give us a star rating. In fact, if you write us a review, I will shout you out in next week's episode. Additionally, if you don't have an Apple phone, no worries. All you have to do is share something through social media and tag at Podcast, and I'll like it and reshare it. Or if anything, just tell some of your friends about it. Thanks so much in advance. Hey, welcome back to Kids CEO. I hope you enjoyed the first half full of amazing sentiment and the emotion behind Rare Breed Cosmetics, but I hope you're even more excited for the next half. Let's get right into it. When you went to create the lip gloss, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, what's inside. There's also, you know, packaging and artwork. How did you get those done or create them? Well, the pink tubes, the pink love tubes, I think that, I think it started from, the pink is my favorite color. My brand is, my room is pink. Uh, My brand is pink. And so the pink came from that. But the heart on top of the tube comes from the love, the self-love, the love I have for others. And I just want everyone to permeate love. So I think that's where the heart on top of the tube came from. And the gold tubes, they are called our royalty tubes because you are royal, you are rare, and that's where it came from. I could tell a lot of the everything about even a small lip gloss. I can tell everything about it. You put a lot of time into every single detail. When the customer, you know, buys the product, it's a lot more than just lip gloss. Yes. Where did you get? that first funding to work on Rare Breed? My parents, they gave me the stuff that I needed as a Christmas present. So, you know, instead of toys or something, they gave you money to help work on Rare Breed. When you created the products for the first time, what was more important? The looks on the outside or what was actually inside the product? 
I think both of them were most important because I want my product to be the best that it can be, but I also want it to look nice. So I think both of those things were important. It's been a couple of years since you created Rare Breed, or actually it hasn't been a couple of years, but so far in about the year that it's been created, what's the biggest or most exciting event since its founding? This month, I was chosen as the teen entrepreneur of this business, and so I got featured as an entrepreneur. My lip glosses are going to 60 states around the U.S., and I got featured for this brand. That would be one of the biggest thing, events that happened. But the biggest thing that has happened, I think it's just seeing myself evolve and the potential that I have if I continue to grow with this business. What would you say has been the biggest roadblock in the RBC journey? Social media. I have a hard time, believe it or not, with social media. I'm learning how to figure out the Instagram algorithm. I'm learning how to use hashtags. I'm learning how to consistently post. So I think social media would be the hardest part about owning a business. You have about 1,000 followers now as we're recording this. What has been the, which 1,000 is pretty substantial. What would you say has been the biggest factor in getting you to that 1,000? Consistency. Um, consistently posting every week, consistently engaging with your followers, consistently letting them know if they have any feedback, I'm here to listen to it. Just consistency. All right. Now you've been going with this for one year, but you've been going with entrepreneurship for much longer than that. Have you ever got that sense that you don't want to be an entrepreneur and maybe you want to be a doctor or veterinarian? No, I do not think I've ever had that because I literally am not interested in anything else. I'm not interested in being a doctor. I think I would faint if I saw blood. So I'm not interested in being a doctor. A veterinarian, I don't think I have the patience to try to figure out what's wrong with an animal if they can't tell me. So I don't think I could be a veterinarian. I'm just not interested in anything else. So I think once I found my passion, I'm not changing it unless I become interested. But right now, this is what I'm interested in. I like that. You know, ride the entrepreneurial train, ride or die. So in about four years, where do you hope Rare Breed will be? Wow, that is a good question. I see it very big. I don't only want it to be a cosmetics company. I want to have my own podcast. I want to be an author. I even want to have my own TV show for other young entrepreneurs. So that's where I see myself in four years. Definitely. Now as an entrepreneur, kid entrepreneurs, it's easy just to give up and go do something else like play video games um, or, you know, go outside. I don't know. What keeps you going every day? I think my motivation would be seeing other people accomplish what I hope to accomplish. And so if I know that there's people like Marseille Martin out there who's my age and she's accomplished, she's she's broken world records. And if I can see her do that, I know that I can do that. And so I think that's where some of my inspiration comes from. Because if I see others doing what I want to accomplish, I know that there's a way for me to accomplish it also. So if they can do it. You can do it. Has anyone, a customer, 
family member, a friend. Has anyone ever doubted the company because of your age? I yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say they said anything, but just as like people not supporting because they don't think it'll go far or stuff like that because of how old and how young I am. Uh, they haven't necessarily said anything, but just stuff like that has happened because of how old I am. I think they don't think that it'll go far. How would you respond when they say things like that? I think the total opposite because as a child entrepreneur, I think people are more impressed than they are as an adult. And so when people see kids doing great things, they want to support, they want to invest, they want to put their all into your business because they're very inspired and they think that you're doing great things at such a young age. So I, it used to bother me, but I think I'm to a point where it, it doesn't bother me because some people are always going to have something to say. So you might as well give them something good to say about you because I'm, I'm running a business. So it's, that comes with entrepreneurship. So they're all saying that the company is not going to succeed because of your age. But your response is that the company will succeed because of my age. I love that. <laughs> yes. What are some of your inspirations or idols or just people you look up to? Um, I don't think I really idolize anybody, but my biggest inspiration, I think, would be Marseille Martin. She started as um, Diane on Blackest, which is my favorite TV show. And so she started as Diane. She's still playing the role of Diane, but she also came out with her own movie. So she's the youngest executive producer in the world. And as along with that, she's um, she just came out with her, another TV show. She's She has her own production company at 16 years old. So I think Stuff like that is what really keeps me motivated, and I hope to work with her one day. Now, in the beginning, we talked about your parents a little bit and how, you know, when you were making the products in the kitchen or your room, we'd be kind of amazed at what you've done and how they supported you along this entire journey. Do you think you would have been able to make rare breed what it is today without their support i don't i think that with their support it has caused me to become more interested in it become more grounded in what i do in a sense because with their support it helps me know that i can do anything i put my mind to if my parents believe in me then come on we're going on this journey so i think that's something that i don't think i would be where i am without them if you had only a couple words to describe who Nyla Bathia is, what would you put there? I would say I am very passionate. Um, I'm learning to love. I'm, well, not learning to love, but I'm learning to help others. I'm learning to be there for others. I'm learning to be there for myself. So I would say that I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate about helping people. I love helping people. I love seeing people happy. So I would say I'm very passionate. So if, you know, we had a tagline, like Nyla, Mathia, and a couple words, what would you put? A girl boss, a go-getter. A go-getter, girl boss. I like that. In 30 years, where do you think you'll be? In 30 years, I will be 45. Um, 
I do not know where I will be, but hopefully I will be a millionaire on a private island somewhere. Um, <laughs> retired? I don't know. So in 30 years, you would still want to be an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Do you think there's a chance that you might not be an entrepreneur then and decide one day to go do something else? I don't think so. I really have like literally no interest in being a lawyer, being a doctor. I I just I cannot picture myself working on nine to five. Yeah, I I understand that. Um, so for all the aspiring young entrepreneurs, young cosmetic entrepreneurs, what's the single greatest piece of advice that has propelled you? To where you are today keep pushing because it's going to get hard it's going to feel like you can't do it anymore it's going to feel exhausting it's going to make you stress but keep pushing because one day you're going to get where you want to be and it's not going to be as hard this is just a season it's not going to be as hard one day you're going to get everything that you've worked for so keep pushing so just keep pushing towards it don't let anything get in your way i love that thank you so much for coming on the show today nyla thank you for having me that was nyla bethia 15 year old founder and ceo of rare breed cosmetics when i talk to some teens about entrepreneurship one of the biggest things they say is i don't have time here's the thing nyla didn't have time she had 10 cups already stacked she had track and field she had school she had other activities and she has life yet she was still willing to add another cup and even with the pressures of peer pressure and the teenage issues when they came to blow it all over she still persisted so having not enough time isn't an excuse anyone can be an entrepreneur as long as they have a passion, a purpose, and a push to do more. But if there is one lesson to take away from Nyla today, it's that it's not our differences, but it's our similarities that bring us all together. With that being said, you can check out more about Nyla on her Instagram at Rare Breed Cosmetics or her website rarebreedcosmetics.com. I will see you next week with another amazing story. Special thanks to Talia Rahman, our audio engineer for the Kid CEO podcast, Bella Yoon, our social media director, and Ada Kasi, our outreach director. And thank you to you all for listening. If you want to show your support, just give us a review on Apple Podcasts and even consider subscribing. And make sure you're up to date with all Kid CEO on our Instagram page at KidsCEO Podcast. This is Benjamin Wong signing off.